it's infuriating to me because the subtext is back in your box. Yeah. And Which that's- I didn't get when we were watching the movie and then you, you explained it last night. I'm like, holy shit. That's why she had to get back into the big Barbie box. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, no, they're just taking her home or they're going to destroy her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because it was like she was head, stepping like, out of line and she was being curious when she shouldn't be curious because she should just be grateful because women should always just be grateful. Welcome to today's podcast. It's a bit of an impromptu episode and Brendan is joining me and we're going to discuss the Barbie movie. So I guess for anyone who has pressed play on this podcast who doesn't want to know what the Barbie movie is about. Don't listen. It might be one that you come back to after you've seen the film. Like if you want to go to the movie and be completely surprised about all of the plot points and the themes, just press pause on this one and come back after you've seen it. Yeah. Not that that we're going to give the whole movie away, but I think, like, yeah, sort of touch base on a lot of the things that were pointed out. Yes. And before we get into chatting about the Barbie movie, I thought we would be able to each give a bit of a recommendation, perhaps. Yep. I like listening to podcasts where they have recommendations at the start of it. Even this morning, I was texting you while I was doing my makeup and saying, oh, this is a series that we can watch that I heard about on another Two podcast. Two series, yeah. Yes. So my recommendation is actually the bra that I'm wearing today and a bra that I posted about recently on Instagram, and it's the brand Nala, N-A-L-A. Jump over to Instagram and have a look at my reels. There's a clip there where I'm talking about a wire-free support bra, and I know that this isn't very exciting for you. But for, it is. <laughs> it is. But for women particularly, if you have a larger cup size, it can be really hard to find bras that look nice on and are comfortable. Fit well. Yeah. Like I remember growing up and being like 18 and having quite a large cup size and having to go into David Jones and buy like old lady bras to fit my boobs. Like I could never find anything that was like comparable to the bras that my girlfriends were wearing that had a smaller cup size. So they sort of make, made bras to sort of fit a certain ratio of women rather yes. than, yeah. Yeah. So Nala have just a range of really, really beautiful bras. The one I've got on today is their mesh underwire bra. And I do tend to wear like a lot of see-through kind of sheer meshy tops, yeah. don't I? And dresses as well. And so their black bra is one I'm always wearing and their wire-free support bra as well. So that's my recommendation. Check out Nala. They're all about sustainability and inclusivity. They're a wonderful brand. I've worked with them a few times. This mention is not sponsored. I just wanted to say if you're after a bra, jump over because that discount code I think will still be live. So that's Nala for Kylie 15 if you do want to treat yourself to some new underwear. And they have like bottoms as well, not just they bras. Are nice. Yeah. I do like the high-waisted ones. Yeah, you do, don't you? Weirdly. I yeah. don't know why. Just a They thing. look good. Yeah. And they look comfy. They are. Yeah, I don't think I'd fit into them, but... <laughs> Good try. Badass. <laughs> hey. hey. Um, I'm plump. I'm... What's your recommendation? Um, probably, hmm, I mean, giant protein balls. 
<laughs> so if you saw the story, <laughs> Brendan was like, oh, I'll help you roll that protein ball mixture. <laughs> One of my friends, Lauren, replied saying he's making wristles because they were the size of this microphone. I feel like they got bigger in the fridge. Yeah, Brendan's like, no, they expanded. (laughs) No. I didn't mean to roll them that big. But for full disclosure, I said to you, (laughs) after we've rolled these protein bars, you and I could go upstairs. Yeah. Get some sneaky parent parent sex in. Yeah. And so you were like, right, just scooped all of the mixture to one. One big snowball. I gotta go. Seeing you eat, it was like you need two hands to eat your protein. Even at work, like I took a couple out of work and it was like eating my fist. (laughs) Massive. And then my mouth would get all dry. (laughs) This isn't enjoyable anymore. The first bite was so good. That's why they're bite size. Yeah. And I said to Brendan, that's the sort of thing an astronaut takes into space to live off for a year. Years. (laughs) But you stand by your recommendation? Hell yeah. They were good. Giant protein balls, like yeah. jawbreakers. I did not mean for them to be that big. <laughs> Just I was in a hurry because I wanted something else. Places to go. Yeah. Right. More important things to do than okay. roll protein balls. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. 
bits and bobs in media and podcasts and just speaking to other people. And the feedback I had heard was that it's a bit subversive. It's not what you think it's going to be. Did you have any idea of what it was going to be when we went? I thought it was going to be a flop. Like I had no idea what it was about and what it entailed. I actually thought it was going to be like a little kid's, yeah, like a fantasy fairy tale. Like, oh, it's the Barbie. The dolls come to life. Yeah. Yeah. And it is rated PG. Yeah. Yes. So had I not heard things in the media about it being subversive and unexpected and having a feminist undertone, I would not have bothered to go and see it because, one, the boys aren't very interested in Barbie. Barbie. Well, I mean, one of them was for a few years. No, he was more into his Elsa dolls, but it wasn't anything against Barbie. I just don't want to spend the money on seeing a children's mm. film. I'd rather just watch a movie with them at home. Especially if it's like you think that the, the movie is going to be crab. You don't want to spend the money. Yeah. You just wait for it to come out on one of the streaming services. Yes, but we've been having a lot of conversations, and I did a whole podcast episode on this topic of getting to the weekend and I'm not making – not not that I'm making, but I'm not taking an opportunity to do anything that I want to do. Yeah. And so after hearing some of the feedback, I was like, you know what, I actually do want to see this movie, just see what it's all about. Let's go see it. Yeah. And we did. What's your overall feeling? I like it. I actually liked it. Like a couple of the scenes and some of the things they were getting across like sort of gave me goosebumps. I guess some of the like feedback in the media has been about how it's not for children because it does have the feminist undertone. And I'm a I don't know, I think I'm kind of more on the side of saying no kids should see it but I think kids should only see it if they have a basic understanding of the of, patriarchy. Yeah. Because if a child goes into that movie, one, expecting it to be fantasy, dolls coming alive and having amazing adventures, yes, that's an element of it, but that's certainly not what the movie's about. There's definitely not like a, a fairy tale storyline to it. It's, I feel like it's been structured to show the world what the world is like now. Yeah, and so for kids that don't have an understanding of what patriarchy means, I think they're going to be sat in the cinema watching it, scratching their heads. They're like, what just happened? Having a lot of questions. <laughs> and the, I guess, confrontational moments that are presented happen when Barbie enters the real world and straight off the bat, you know, she's smacked on the bottom, she's groped on the bottom as she's rollerblading. Construction work, yeah. The, the construction workers catcalling her and, you know, her response to that is surrounding the fact that she doesn't have any genitalia. No. So for some parents, they might go, oh, hang on, yeah. we're, we're not in uh, Kansas anymore, like we're, we're out of the bubble and this is completely different to what they expected. But also I think like everything's worded so it is kid-friendly, like it's not... Yeah, well, the boys got it. It's not crude. It's not, yeah, it's just like like learning it at school sort of thing. Like it's it's worded nicely to get across. Mm. There's a, a part where Ken and Barbie enter the real world and Barbie is talking about her experience. Yeah. And I found that, like even just saying it just gives me goosebumps because Barbie's just existing in the world and Ken is just existing in the real world. And Barbie says her experience of existing 
has a violent undertone, like a threatening undertone. And Ken is like, this is the best. I'm feeling admired and like he's having this great experience. And that, of course, that dichotomy of a man existing in the world and a woman existing in the world, it's dramatized in that fashion, in the way that it's portrayed in the movie. But that is the reality for a lot of women, for all women, really, is that we exist in a world that feels completely different to how a man moves through the world. The way we walk around. Yeah, just from a very young age, most women experience being catcalled, having men hang out the side of a ute and call out at them, having men look at them as if they're a woman. yeah. Yeah, whereas a man... Unless the man is taught, I think, about feminism and to really think about things from a female's perspective, you know, a man doesn't understand the privilege that he has that he can just walk from his workplace to his car Without and being feel safe. Harassed, yeah. Whereas women, we don't often go for runs at night with headphones in because we know that makes us more vulnerable. When we're walking from our workplace to our car, you know, something my dad always taught me was you have your car keys out between your knuckles just in case you ever need to use them because someone approaches you. And so that experience certainly rings true and the way that it's portrayed in the Barbie film is through Barbie and Ken rollerblading and that's the conversation they're having. They're verbalising their different experiences and their different realities and from that moment on you kind of go, oh, this is not the children's movie that I expected it to be, but still a very poignant and important children's movie as long as the child has a basic understanding of the patriarchy, patriarchy and misogyny. Yeah. And I I said, suppose that, that is where the movie clicks, isn't it? Yeah, it shifts gear. It shifts and that's gears. when, yeah, and then Ken starts realising that he's more popular and he's got more purpose in the real world. and Power. Yeah. And it makes sense, I think, you know, I sent a text message to my niece and asked her what she thought of the Barbie movie. And she said it started off really great, but it went downhill and she didn't like it at all. I doubt very much that she's ever had a conversation with anyone about the patriarchy and feminism. So even though she's like the exact same age as the boys, it hit different because I have a lot of those conversations with the boys. Yeah. And I think I have them in age-appropriate ways. I can understand as a parent this desire to want to protect your child from those concepts because they're not fun concepts. It's like a very disgusting, uncomfortable concept and you kind of want to shield them from it. But I think that's the problem. If we shield people from this concept, it just then gets perpetuated over and over and over again. And you can talk about really big concepts with children in a way that they understand. You know, I think with the boys, a lot of these conversations, you can kind of make it more age appropriate. Like when the boys say, oh, why are men more important than women? Or why does it, you know, why does that structure exist? It's how you word it. Yeah, I'll talk to them about how like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, women were traded for cows and cattle and land and we were seen as property and talk about all of that sort of stuff and taking a man's name and how the father gives us away. There's this deep, deep history of women being seen as things that are not as valuable as men. 
And yes, it's a lot better nowadays, but we're still a long way off. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think, I think that's why it was such a big shock for the Barbie movie because I just thought it was just going to be like a, well, you know what, like Barbie's Barbie. Like, like a she's, Toy she's, Story type vibe. Yeah, she's been made out to be like this perfect, well, even in the yes. beginning of the movie, she's made out to be like, I don't want anything to change. Like our world's perfect. Day to day they wake up and they wave to each other and smile and everyone says, hi, Barbie, and like it's all there's no problems, there's no issues, there's no nothing. And it's just like this reality of like, there's nothing wrong. But then they hit the real world and she's like, this sucks. And that's why it's so subversive because when you think of feminism, you do not think of a Barbie doll. That's kind of the opposite of feminine, like feminism in a lot of ways. You think of the Barbie doll as someone who holds up this unrealistic stereotype. Of what women should be. Yes. And I think it's really well done in terms of, yes, in Barbie land, there are no problems, but it's made clear that the Barbies think that they've solved all of the world's problems because there's a variety of Barbie dolls. There's the Barbie doll in her wheelchair. There's the Barbie doll. um, (laughs) No, Midge was discontinued and they make that very clear. (laughs) But, you know, there's a Dr. Barbie and a President Barbie and lawyers and all of that. And it's very much a world where it's all about girl power. It's a matriarchy. It is not a patriarchy at all. And I think it is, again, so unexpected because when you think of Barbie doll, like Barbie as a concept, you certainly don't think, oh, I'm going to go into this and there are going to be themes of misogyny, uh, you know, really present. Because Ken, that's uh, one of the issues Ken has at the end of the movie is like he just feels like an object. Yes. So, Barbie and Ken go into the real world. and That's when Ken gets his big head because he's treated different. Yeah, and he realizes it's a man's world. And he ditches Barbie, like just leaves her. Yeah, and she just leaves him. I mean, she certainly has no loyalty to Ken either. Oh, no, because she even says that at the beginning of the movie before she goes to the real world. Yeah, every night is girls' night. There we go, yeah. Which I think a lot of people have problems with. I'm seeing people on social media say, I will not support the Barbie movie because it puts men in a negative light and it makes men seem stupid and all of these things. And yes, to an extent, like Ken certainly is portrayed as a bit of a himbo Mm. and a bit daft and all of those things. And He's dumb. Yeah. But like for hundreds of years, women have been portrayed that way. We're still portrayed that way. We're still the side character. I've said this so many times in other podcast episodes. The basic premise of every film is a hero's journey, and that's from Joseph Campbell. And the hero's journey is always a male on a quest And part of, like, once he's achieved that quest is a nice little side piece. It's the woman at the end. Like, women have been relegated to side characters or bimbos or just things in films for years. And, yes, in this Barbie movie, Ken is certainly, you know, they Barbie literally says, Ken is superfluous, which I loved because I'm like, yeah, that's so funny. So, yes, I mean, I can't speak to how it feels as a male watching this movie, but I don't think that the Barbie movie is doing irreversible damage to men in any way. I think it's probably starting really interesting conversations about really big themes. I think it was pretty even, like, the the guy-to-girl sort of issues. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's a part of the movie where, you know, the weight of misogyny and the weight of being part of the patriarchy on a man is hard, like it's taxing, it's exhausting. And, of course, like the patriarchy affects men as well as women. You know, it tells men that they can't be emotional. It's harder for men to sit down and have one-on-one conversations with men. You know, they always have to be doing something. They're not meant to be soft. They're meant to be the providers. They're meant to be this. They're meant to be that. It's not doing anyone any favors, but it is in a man's favor. Like men benefit far more from it than a woman does, even though it damages all of us, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, I'm just not going to disagree with her on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I don't know. The boys, you know, we had a chat with the boys after the movie and we've had lots of little conversations about the themes and the movie itself. And neither of them have said, oh, as as a male, it made me feel poorly. You know, like, I think that it does more good than it does harm. The movie? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a definite eye-opener. It's cleverly done. Yeah. Because there have even been little parts of it uh, that just in other conversations I've had with you, which we can get into in a minute, where I'm like, yeah, that's like in the movie where she's being told to get back, back in her in box. box. And I could see like a light bulb go off for you and you're like, oh, that's what the box was about. Like I didn't even understand that. Yeah. And as a woman, so often we receive the message, back in your box. Yeah. Like, that's enough from you. We've had enough. You're too much. You're not enough. You're all those things. Back in your box. But then even the um, the young girl's mother has a really good way of explaining. Oh. I've got that. I took a screenshot of her speech. Should I read it? Yeah. Okay. While I find it, you entertain. (laughs) Um. (laughs) You're like, no. But but also, like, I think the the movie's, like, good for all ages, like, obviously, like, a certain age and up. But, like, there were, like, little bits of, like, adult humour in there, like that beach scene with Ken. That's right. So the opening (laughs) scene... They're using the phraseology, beach you off. Yeah. <laughs> and both of us looked at each other and I, th- what I heard was beat you off. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought the joke was that instead of saying beat you up, Ken was so silly that he was saying beat you off. But he was yeah. saying beach off. Yeah. Beat you off because Ken's job is beach. Yeah. That's it. And that's it. That's it. You can't like, swim. What do you do at the beach? He's like, I just beach. <laughs> Are you watching Barbie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going in. So there's this part in the movie, and again, like we've been very clear, I think that this podcast episode is really only for people who are happy to have parts spoiled, right? Yeah. So there's this scene in the movie where one of the characters from the real world is talking to Barbie after she's having her existential crisis. Which side note? How funny is weird Barbie? I love her. Weird Barbie. She's whack. She does splits. She's got <laughs> Which I pain think on her to face. Be, like the, the fact that she's always in splits has to be a reference yeah. to scissoring. I think if I was a Barbie, that'd be me. <laughs> She'd be weird Barbie. Yeah, I'd be whack. I'd be whack Barbie. <laughs> this, this Barbie doll that kind of lives in almost Barbie purgatory because she's been played with for too She's been played too hard with. Yeah, and obviously someone in the real world's played with her and cut her hair and drawn on her face and like... What, what little girls and position. little boys do? Like, I used to pull my cousin's Barbie heads off. Yeah, you would. 
does not surprise me. You just me. be a kid. So, yeah, so she's got drawings and stuff all over her face and she's just like, she's lost it. She's cooking. But then she helps her. Yeah. It just shows that she's appreciated as well. So there's this scene where a real-world character is talking to Barbie because she's had this kind of come to Jesus moment of realising that the real world is not actually what she wanted it to be. And, you know, Barbie goes into the real world thinking that she's going to be thanked. Yeah. Because she's like, I've brought all of this amazing stuff into the world. yeah. Yeah. Only for that harsh reality of people either hate her because she is that representation of stereotypical beauty and, you know, unreachable... Like, she's just not, obviously, she's not real. She's a Barbie. But, you know, that impossible beauty standard that she presented, so people either, you know, hate her for that or they think that she's dumb. Yeah. So, anyway, there's this scene, and I'm going to read this speech because I was able to find it. And this is a speech that I was like, oh, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm going to cry. It was good. Yes. So, it goes, it is literally impossible to be a woman You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin, and you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard, it's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. Like, that speech and her delivery is obviously a million times better. I even thought that was really good. But that whole dichotomy of how are we meant to exist in this world? Because, yes, there's this pressure on us to be a certain way, but also any way that we are is wrong. And I think that's an important thing for kids, even though it's a big concept. I think it's an important kids, an important concept for kids to have discussions with their parents about. Yeah. And there's this other part to it where that same character, Gloria is her name, says, you know, she just wants to be ordinary. She just wants to wear a flattering shirt and go to her job and have an ordinary, pleasant life. Why does everything have to be extraordinary to be valued? Complicated, yeah. Yeah. So I really, like, I can see why for some parents they've gone into this movie going, this is a kid's film and thinking it's going to be all sparkles and pink, which it is, it's sparkles and pink. 
but it's obviously more underlining things. Yeah, it's a big, big concept, and it's going to open doors for conversations that you might not be ready to have for your kids, depending on their age bracket or what they know about the whole issue. Yeah, I'm just going to see if I had any other notes written down. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, something I was going to say is like the whole marketing campaign for Barbie's been incredible because everyone has known there's a Barbie movie coming out, but no one really knew what, what it was, was about. about any further than going, oh, no. Barbie goes into the real world. Um, I think to avoid the pushback that some people, like to avoid that feedback that people are sharing about it not being good for kids, they probably could have let on a little bit more. About what the movie was about. Yes. Well, looking at the preview, I thought the Barbie movie was just just going to be crap. But I think it's good that it tells a story. Yeah. Like um, a proper story, not like a like a um, fairy tale. Like it's it's what's going on. Yeah, it's the reality of the situation. Um, something though, the very last line of the movie, which we won't say the very last line, but both you and I were kind of like, what? I was so disappointed. With just the very last line. Yeah, so disappointed. I couldn't believe it. Like I was amped and I felt like I knew what she was going to say. And then she said it. I'm like, what just happened? What did you think she was going to say? Like, oh, like I'm here for the job or like, okay, you know what I mean? Like. Well, I actually had in my mind an even more political statement come to mind, which I won't share here on the podcast because it might not be very palatable, but what I expected her to say at the end, like what I thought she was going to say, I don't, I don't know, like I just, it didn't end on the note that I thought it would, but again, it's subversive. It's not what you think it's going to no. be. And as is the movie. Yeah, exactly. I like that it's a conversation that you can then continue with your children. You know, what do you think this meant? And, of course, depending on their age, certain things go over their heads. But the boys didn't look bored through the movie. No. They looked engaged. Both of them said they enjoyed it. And then we've had lots of different conversations. You know, we went out for food straight after the movie and we were all chatting about what we thought a better ending could have been or what that meant and like there are all just these little clever things you know will ferrell plays a mattel executive and everything he says his subordinates just uh, repeat back to Mm. him and i thought that was a really clever concept and then i was talking about that with the boys and saying you know that's to represent in my mind and i could be wrong but It's to represent in my mind that it's all middle-aged white men in the room just repeating what each other says. Like there's one person has a thought and then everyone parrots it back. And that still exists in 2023, even though, of course, things are a lot better. But anyway, something I thought that I would just include in this message is that 
that DM exchange that I had last night Ugh. because I think it ties in. Yeah, definitely. You think? Yeah. Even though when I was reading this to you, you were laughing at me and I was like, why are you laughing? I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at the, the fact that someone had the height to say, I don't understand why people feel the need to put their two cents into everything. Like I feel like what you do is amazing and you showing people your life is amazing. But you don't need Dr. Phil messaging you after every story having their two cents about something. Like, well, I mean, the, the thing is, like, people can have their two cents, but that doesn't mean that I want to hear it. No, just like, like everyone has their two cents. You know, yeah. you and I scroll social media and might have a thought, but I bet you've never sent a thought that's unkind to no, someone you like, don't know. I've got a million opinions, and like, I'm not overly one to judge a lot, but like, I've definitely got opinions about things in life, but I don't feel like it's my job or my place to tell people what I think. Like, yeah, and that's if they the want to live, if they want to live like that, you let them live like that. But the, yeah, mm. everyone's entitled to say what they want to say. But like, well, they're entitled to think what they want to think or say what they want to say, but not to your face if no, you don't want just it. Like, I don't wanna... <laughs> just be normal and yeah. bitch with your friends. Yeah, do be on my back. <laughs> um. So anyway, I think it kind of ties in with what we've been talking about in a way. Yeah. So I had put on Instagram yesterday on Sunday that, you know, this was the first time you and I had had some child-free hours over a weekend. Yeah. Because typically on a Sunday, one of the boys goes to Dungeons and Dragons, but then the other one is with us. One hasn't gone to his dad's house in months. Yeah. So we always have at least one with us. And I think it's probably easy for sometimes people to forget or people who have just started listening and not understanding our dynamic. You and I are only like a year and a half into our relationship. It would still be nice to be able to have some time that's boyfriend-girlfriend time and not always um, managing parenting, right, yeah. and step-parenting and all of that stuff. And so I put this little story up saying like what a nice morning we'd had because both of the boys – Went, decided to go, yeah. Went to Dungeons and Dragons. So we had like three and a half hours child free. And I literally said, we've just had our first three hours on a weekend child free in months. And then someone replied saying, didn't the boys have a two night sleepover recently? And I replied, it wasn't over a weekend because it was during school holidays. No, both at work. And so Brendan was working and I was trying to get as much work done in as well because that's the only kid-free time I had on school holidays. And I said, but thanks for the fact check. Gosh, didn't need to respond like that is what she said. <laughs> and I said, sorry, how would you like me to respond so I can get it right? Like, this is the fucking thing. You just can't get it right. No. Like, what am I meant to do? Bend over and go, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you for pointing that out. Silly me. And we, we'll get into it. I'll do better. Yeah. <laughs> Let me please you, stranger on the See, internet. See, this is why I think it's funny. I'm like, why do people have- You were laughing when I read it yeah, to you. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. So that's literally what I said. Sorry, how would you like me to respond? I'll try and get it right. And she said, I'm not sure why you're being so nasty. <laughs> nasty? <laughs> I have followed you forever. I'm not some troll. How would I know? How would I know? And also, what's that got to do with anything? Let me let me look back to when you click follow on my account. No double check that you're not. And then I said to her, like, how do you know that I'm being nasty? Because I'm, I'm. You don't just, know me. Yeah, I'm being. What's the word? Satirical. I don't know. I'm just. I guess I'm playing a little bit, aren't I? Blunt. Blunt. I don't know. And then she said. 
It's passive aggressive that you said to me, thanks for the fact check. It's passive aggressive that you said to me, didn't you just have, you had two nights away from them recently? And I wrote back, I caramba, because I'm like, I have nothing else to say here. And she said, don't you think your response to me was rude? (laughs) So I said, because you're not a rude person. No, but I'm also so fucking sick of being a doormat. I am so sick of being walked all over by so many people in life. And I think I've gotten to this age now where I'm like, I'm spent. I am spent of making myself small and quiet and palatable. And no, like you don't get to just send me a message trying to put me in my place and not take any accountability for it. And so she said, don't you think your response was rude? And then she followed up with another message. Honestly, I'd rather clear it up than have you block me because I have followed you for a long time. And I said, maybe just take a pause and have a think about the message you sent to me. What was your intention? Go and have a listen to the episode about women trying to put other women back into their boxes because I did a whole podcast on this. And she said, it was a response to a message box, which it wasn't because it wasn't a question box. No, it was a story. Yeah. And she said, I couldn't type much in there. And I said, what was your intention? I wasn't fact-checking to put you back into your box. I was clarifying for myself. And I said, for what purpose? What are you clarifying for yourself? And then she wrote back, honestly, you're very much not who I thought you were. And I said, interesting, when I ask for what purpose, you then deflect onto me not being nice enough for you or not giving you a response that you wanted. Pause and actually get honest about your true intentions here. And then she blocked me. And she was worried about you blocking her. <laughs> and like, she beat I, you to it. I just think it's a learning moment in terms of if I was in that dialogue, I can understand you might get you back up and think, oh, hang on, this isn't how I wanted it to go down. But also, yeah, what were my intentions for sending this stranger on the internet a, re- a reply like that? Did I want her- Trying to catch you out. Yeah. Did <laughs> I want her to feel stupid or not feel worthy? for having some child-free time? Did I want her to delete her story and say, oh, my gosh, actually, over the school holidays. Let me reword it. Yeah, let me reword But I was like, no, hang on. We haven't had any time on a weekend. And why can't we have? And at the same time, even if I had misspoken and, you know, the boys had gone somewhere for a few hours on another weekend. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And when you're in conversation with people, and I do this all the time, you know, like when you're in a conversation with someone, you'll make a generalization. Like you'll say, oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've been to the gym. And it hasn't been forever. It's been whatever it's been. But why do we have to hold other women to this standard of getting things absolutely perfect? Because it doesn't serve any of us. But it's even people messaging you about me. Oh, that's the other thing. Yes. MMA. Yes, I've had people message me, like send me videos about head injuries that can happen and the damage that concussions result in and all of the stuff that you and I have had so many private conversations about, right? Yeah. Like you and I have a lot of conversations that people would have no idea that we have. Yeah. But people are forwarding me medical reels about head injuries And I responded to one and I said, why have you sent this to me? What is your intention? Because I am so fucking sick. And I didn't say fucking in my message, but just here for the emphasis. I am so fucking sick of 
people. I am so sick of women making other women responsible for men. Don't make me responsible for Brendan. If you want Brendan to have this information, send Send it it to to Brendan. And this is what happens. It happens from a really young age when the naughty boy in class, the loud boy in class is paired up with the quiet girl so that she can keep him quiet, so that he can focus sitting next to her because she's not going to let him be a distraction. We're not like, why are we responsible for how a man acts? It's the exact same principle of looking at a woman who's walking down the street in a short skirt and saying, well, she's asking for the attention. She's asking to be catcalled. No, she is not responsible for a man's behavior. She's just wearing what she wants to wear. Yes. I'm so sick of it. So it all ties back in because as I was reading those messages uh, last night and you you were properly giggling. And you have such an evil cackle when you laugh and you were laughing at those messages. But I said, it's infuriating to me because the subtext is back in your box. Which I didn't get when we were watching the movie and then you you explained it last night. I'm like, holy shit. That's why she had to get back into the big Barbie box. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, they're just taking her home or they're going to destroy her. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like she was head, stepping out of line and she was being curious when she shouldn't be curious because she should just be grateful because women should always just be grateful. I get that. And like the other thing with that text message, that woman saying to me, who, how funny that she blocked me. Like I was just trying to have a, a conversation with her where it's like, let's take accountability. Yeah, I'm kind of being, I'm not being amenable in these text messages. I'm actually holding you to account for what you've just sent to a stranger. Like, so yes, there is that element from me that's defensive and in maybe inflammatory. Yeah. But also, it could have been a moment for her to pause and go, yeah, like, sorry. Well, not even sorry, but like, what did I want from that exchange? What was the end result I was hoping for? It's just one thing that I've never understood is all these keyboard warriors that write online or comment on things and they have like like people have proper battles on people's comments and stuff like that like i just don't understand why it's necessary to say things or yeah it's always baffled me well even someone commented on my reel for the nala bra saying, well, it doesn't look like you need much support because I was talking about the support level in it because you're lean. And so... You've still got boobs. Like, on what planet? And yes, I've even had a breast reduction and a breast lift, but over the last couple of years, I've gained weight, I've lost weight. You know, like, even you've seen the way that my boobs have changed in the last year and a half. They were fuller and higher, and now... (laughs) He's like, they were nice. And now they're not. And I even said to you the other day, I do get self-conscious sometimes leaning forward because of the shape of them, because they're not as high as they were. And also, it's just an odd thing to comment on someone else's body and say, well, it doesn't look like you need support because you're lean. There's no Uh, need for it. People that are lean that have still had one child, two kids, no kids, can still have boobs that are touching their belly button. It doesn't have to do with your weight. Like It's just an odd thing. But anyway, I guess in summary, Barbie movie, I think you could take or you could wait for it to come out for like a young kid who just wants to see the start with the dancing and the sparkle, the sparkles, yeah. and they'd probably really love the first 10 to 15 minutes of it because it's fun. Yeah. But for kids that are maybe, I don't know, between six and eight, six and ten even, that you've never had a conversation with about 
patriarchy and misogyny and the basic premise of feminism. They'd be really bored and asked big questions. I think that they would be disappointed with it yeah. and not, yeah, ask big questions and feel a bit confused maybe. But if you've had these basic conversations with your kids who are of that age bracket, and we we should be having these conversations, pay equity, you know, equity in terms of the sports that are televised, everything, the way that we are treated. We should all be curious about the experience of other people in our world, you know, experience about people that have different skin colours, different backgrounds, different body shapes. Our world's just become so small to what we know and expanding our thoughts and our views and being curious about what it's like for other people is incredibly important, and that's where I think we build emotional intelligence with our children. Just how different everyone is. Yeah. It's not just a fingerprint, it's like a life. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Barbie movie? No. I think that's it. Alan's pretty cool. Alan is cool. Michael Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought Dua Lipa would have had a bigger part in it, but anyway. We can wrap it up because you've got to go and do tattoos. And I said to Brendan at his tattoo studio, you should do a Barbie flash sheet because I think, well, Barbie core is having a real moment, like Barbie core fashion, big shoes, pink, little skirts, all of that stuff, which is fun. She's got good outfits in it too. Really great outfits. Made me want to start collecting Barbies. Do it. Yeah. But you have to run because you have to go now and do a group of six people tattoos. Coffee shop. A, co- a local coffee shop to us, and then you've got more this afternoon as well. Yep. Things have been flat out. I actually floated the idea on Instagram this weekend just saying, what about if we did a small event and we could do like little I am tattoos like mine as part of it? Yeah. That'd be fun. Something to- You could do a talk. Something to think about. Meet and greet. <laughs> Meet and greet, yeah. Sandwiches. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for sitting in with me on this episode. Hopefully it's been helpful for people who have wanted to know a little bit more information about Barbie and whether or not it's appropriate for their family. Um, yeah, I hope that we filled in some gaps for you. It is a good movie. If you like today's episode, please slide into my DMs and let me know uh, or leave a comment. Thank you for having me. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.